Okay. Just one look, and it felt so hard, hard, hard in love with you. G'day guys, this is uh, Anthony Lewis, thanks for uh, tuning in to Pinoy Australiano, um, that was uh, a cover of uh, Dos Troy's smash hit Just One Look uh, from 1963, yeah I was kind of screwed up on um, the bridge, I just uh, was really caught up in, in trying to get everything right that I totally, totally missed the cue for the B flat chord. Uh, but you know, it's like I'm not gonna sit around here and be precious about um, getting everything perfect because of the way that, you know, our society, especially the Western world, consumes, you know, music and podcasts. And it's all a work in progress, really, you know, like just, it, just as it is, like if I'm gonna pretend on social media that my shit is 100%, you know, that I can actually speak Tagalog, you know, Philip, you know, can speak Philippine, you know, it's, it's, I'd be lying to myself, really, 
But um, just thanks, just a massive shout out to all of the listeners there, out there in the uh, inter, inter, in the inter realms. Um, you know, I hope you get a kick out of you know my little skit here and my little cover. You can try and make that you know a feature of every show. I've been, I've, I've really been trying to coerce. Um, you know, Lopez Luang and Lama Rock and, you know, all the other characters on this show to, you know, really give me a shot, you know, I really feel like I've got what it takes to be a Pinot Australiano. So anyway, enough of my rantage, um, enjoy the rest of the show, be sure to tune into my podcast, we didn't really get to finish the, um, the last, uh, episode properly because... We all got sick on Sunday and on Saturday. uh, Things were cut short because I had, um, I had, you know, I had um, mother looking after responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, one of those Filipinos. Hey, yeah, look after me, mum. Just she, you know, she needs a bit of help. You know, that's how we do. But um, thank you, guys, um, and we'll see you soon, dude. Every freaking time, man. It's Blend 43. Fuck! I'm very sorry. I deeply apologize. I deeply apologize for always getting the name of the Blend Male wrong for you. I'm so sorry. Because I, I don't even look at the things I'm eating and drinking, really. It's there, it's automatic now, you know, I just wake up in the morning, I, I scratch my bayag, I make the coffee, I light my cigarillo, go outside, watch the dog, you know, it's part of my routine, but obviously, may mga tao, may mga tao dyan, like yourself, na nagagalit sa akin, you know, because of my insensitivity to the name of the brands. No? You know, you... I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be rude, but, you know, I actually do not really care about the name of the blend. That's why I'm always forgetting. Yeah, and I'll tell the rest of the team that they have to get it right. It's blend 45. I mean blend 43. <laughs> and I... I'm, you know, please accept our sincerest apologies. Yeah? I'll make sure it's not gonna happen again. Okay? Pasensya na. Please forgive me, Thomas Ku. You know, maybe you're like this because, you know, your whole life here in the western suburbs, everyone thinks you're Filipino because you look like a Filipino, but actually you're a Malaysian, but actually we are very related similarly. You know? If your skin was more, you know, white and your eyes is more, you know, sinket, you know, then we'll know you're a Chinese, you know, Chinese-Malaysian, but you are a, you're a Blasian-Malaysian, you're very dark skin. But anyways, you know, thank you so much for reminding us all, all, as always and uh, I hope you have a nice day. Thank you very much. And returning to the readings of The Soul Book by Demetrio, Fernando, and Ziel Sita. Introduction to Philippine Pagan Religion. The Power Sources. Assistant Deities and Powers. 
Below the Lord of the Upper Sky is a host of Anitos or Diwatas, many of whom can do as they please the more distant they are from Him. According to Barton, who studied the Ipugao spirit world, 1946, these spirits are believed to be immortal, to change form at will, to become invisible, and to transport themselves quickly through space. There are other attributes associated with these powerful spirits. While they can diagnose and cure illness, they can afflict men with misfortune, ill luck, disease. They can recover a soul if it has been carried up, but they can also coax away a person's soul. Though they prevent the dead from molesting the living, they too cause death. Indeed, they can devour parts of the living human body. Men's minds they influence to suggest courses of conduct, such as payment of debt without losing pace, passions they dampen so that men will not fight during a celebration, and stomachs they tie to dull the appetite for food and drink. Those who propitiate them know that these invisible presences can increase rice even after it has been stored in the granary. Word of trespassers make the hunt safe and bring victory in battle. Powerful spirits roughly divide into three categories, ancestor spirits, nature spirits, guardian spirits. Spirits of ancestral heroes. Some ancestors, particularly those who were outstanding in farming, hunting, warfare, and the arts acquired more and more powers in the memory of their descendants as time went on. They became fabulous beings. The more illustrious hero spirits are remembered in the great epics. Others are remembered as culture heroes who taught their people new skills. Some ancestral heroes Cole, 1916, De Los Reyes, 1909, Lumaban, first Bagobo mortal to attain the sky world, Cole, 1916, Han Diong, the hero of the Bicol epic who freed the land from the ravages of wild animals, brought Bicolano's rice and planted the fruits, Lumawik, taught the Bontok headhunting, agriculture, the art of building council houses and men's dwellings, and the code of ethics. Bantugan, the charming, indestructible, much-wedded hero who could repulse any invasion. His cult probably began when the Maranaos, the Maranaos were still animists. Nature Spirits Not all ancestral spirits became deified. Many remain nameless spirits residing in dark majestic trees and in the deep woods. Nature spirits reside in the natural environment such as trees, rocks, crags, rivers, and volcanoes. Human-like, but much more powerful, these unseen beings are credited with feelings and sensibilities. Accordingly, they may be offended and thus cause harm or they may, may be propitiated and their friendship gained. Some spirits are represented as being sensitive to a fault as many Filipinos are when confronted with an unfamiliar or unpleasant situation. People do create spirits according to their likenesses. 
On the other hand, Frank Lynch, the anthropologist, says that the Filipinos' care in handling interper interpersonal relations may in fact be the result rather than the cause of disbelief in an environment filled with sensitive spirits. In moving about, he takes care not to displease the many invisibles who could punish him. Nature spirits can be either malevolent or beneficent, as in Philippine society as a whole it all depends on how you deal with them. If you ignore them and hurt their dignity, they can make you sick. However, if you acknowledge them and ask permission to pass by and give them offerings on And continuing on from the last episode, Nature spirits can be either malevolent or beneficent. As in Philippine society as a whole, it all depends on how you deal with them. If you ignore them and hurt their dignity, they can make you sick. However, if you acknowledge them and ask permission to pass by and give them offerings on occasion, then they will reward you. Some Nature Spirits The Lord of the Mound, spirit of an old man who lives in a termite mound. Throughout prehistoric Southeast Asia, the Earth Mound was a locus of power, probably because of its phallic shape tabi tabi po baka kayo mabunggo excuse me please lest i bump you is the polite way to pass one of these inhabited hills though invisible the nuno can be grazed and thus retaliate with a fever or skin rushes the tree dwellers spirits reportedly resided in trees Thus, the Mandayas, who are the largest ethnic group in southwestern Mindanao, believe that Tagbanua and Tagamaling are spirits who dwell in caves and balete trees. The belief persists to this day even among Christian Filipinos. The Ilocano, Pugot, and the Tagalog, Capre, are gigantic cigar-smoking black spirits who sit in deserted houses and up a balete or banyan tree with feet dangling to the ground. They can, however, assume any size they want, including that of an infant. Encantos also dwell in trees, but the term itself and the description of them as tall, fair-skinned, and light-haired beings with high-bridged noses is post-Hispanic. Encantos, male or female, sometimes fall in love with mortals and lavish gifts on them. Ramos, 1971 the babes in the woods, probably the souls of fetuses or dead children. They are called by the Ilocanos Kibaan. The creature is a put high, dwells in the fields, can be scalded with boiling water and even die. The Kibaan gift friends with a gold, a cloak that confers invisibility and a large cup of coconut which is inexhaustible. To those who throw hot water at them, the Kibaan scatter powder which produces a disagreeable affliction. Telos Reyes, 19 or 9. Closely related is the Tagalog Patianak, Patianak, which wails in the forest like a baby but inflicts harm. Common in pre-Christian times was the practice of exposing infirm deformed babies in the fields and forests. Alcina, 1960. Their heart-wrenching wailing must have given rise to these beliefs. 
the bloodthirsty and implacable. Among traditional Filipinos, the embodiment of evil is a being that is neither fully human nor fully animal. It stands upright like human beings and has a pace, but it preys on human flesh and makes the living sick so that when they die there is a carrion for food. Unlike the devil of the Judeo-Christian Muslim tradition, this being does not harm the soul by tempting it to sin. The death it causes is physical rather than spiritual. Other spirits can be negotiated with, offerings and kind words win their toleration if not help. It is not possible to do so with these implacable beings. Thus people fear them the most. The Busao, feared by the Bogobo, Bagobos of Dabao, people the air, the mountains, and the forest. They are limitless in number. Most malignant is the Busao, called Tigbanua. One eye gapes in the middle of the forehead, a hooked chin, two spans, long upturns to catch the drops of blood that drip from the mouth, and coarse black hair bristles on the body. Benedict, 1916. It frequents graves, empty houses, and solitary mountain trails. Indeed, it may have, it may make an appearance at any place outside the safety of one's home. Guardian Spirits They are believed to preside over specific human activities such as birth, marriage, and death, over hunting, fishing, farming, and fighting. Guardian spirits. They are believed to preside over specific human activities such as birth, marriage, and death, over hunting, fishing, farming, and fighting. Beneficent and powerful guardian spirits generally rule from the sky. Some, however, stay in their areas of responsibility on earth or in the underworld. Some Guardian Gods on the Park Ikapati, Tagalog Goddess of Fertility, Guardian Anito of Agriculture Magbangal, Bukid Non-Planter God who became the constellation that appears to signal the start of the planting season Damolag, an Anito of the early Zambals who protects the fruiting rice from winds and typhoons Lakan Bako, Tagalog guardian god of the fruits of the earth who dwells in certain kinds of plants used as fences. Some Anitos carry the title Lakan or Prince. They could have been deified kinglets. Pamahandi, protector of carabaos and horses of the Bukidno. When fishing, Amansinaya, Anito of fishermen of the ancient Tagalogs to whom they offered their first catch. Hence the term Pasinaya, for Sinaya still used today. Following the theory of God making, Amansinaya could be the soul of a maiden who was drowned and became an Anito of the water. Libtakan or Libtakan, God of sunrise, sunset, and good weather of the Manobo. Makabosog, a merciful diwata <coughs> of the Visayas who provides food for the hungry. He was once a chief in the Araut, Araut River on the coast of Panay.
in the forests. Amanikable, ancient Tagalog anito of hunters. Makaboteng, tingian spirit guardian of deer and wild hogs. When rearing a family. Mingan, goddess of the early Pampangos or Pampangos, mm. mate of the god Suku, consorts of the gods fall under the guardian category. Katambay, guardian anito for individuals, a kind of inborn guardian angel of the Bicols. Mal Malimbung, a kind of Aphrodite of the Bagobos, their goddess made man crave for sexual satisfaction. Tagbibi, Diwata protector of children of the mountain tribes of Mindanao. While at war, Mandarangan and Darago, Bagobo god and goddess of war, Mandarangan is believed to reside in the crater of Apo Volcano on a throne of fire and blood. Talagbusao, the uncontrollable Bukid Nun god of war who takes the form of a warrior with big red eyes wearing a red garment. This deity can, can enter a mortal warrior's body and make him fight fiercely to avenge a wrong. But Talagbusao can also drive him to insanity by incessant demand for the blood of pigs, fowls, and humans. At death, Masiken, guardian of the underworld of the Igorots, whose followers have tails. Ibu, queen of the Manobo underworld, who, whose abode is down below at the pillars of the world. This information came from the following sources. Yokano 1969, Delos Reyes 1909, Gavin 1931, Gavin 1941, Cole 1922, Benedict 1916, Dodole 1989, and Malari Wilson 1968. Bisayan, mightier than Dao. It was said that the god Kaptan had power over the winds of the earth and the goddess Maguayan ruled over the winds of the sea. Captain was regal, agile, and strong. When happy, his breathing produced fine breezes which made the Sampagitas, Ilang-Ilang, and Wild Lilies exude their joyful perfume over wide expanses of Kogon and Sweet Basil. When Captain was in a terrible humor, however, his agitated respiration produced great windstorms and cyclones. One lonely day, Maguayan, genius of the winds of the sea, was walking on the surface of the water. In her wake swam her innumerable aids, the big and small fishes, the lobsters and seahorses, and other inhabitants of the blue ocean. The lively Maguayan was beautiful to behold. Her hair and whole body were covered with numberless gleaming pearls and the mother of pearl shells. Seized by the fragrance of the flowers, Maguayan stepped on the sandy shore. Suddenly, there appeared before her a majestic being dressed in the most graceful plumage of birds in riotous colors. Greetings, pretty bubble of the sea, said the brush captain. Maguayan. Maguayan looked at the divine being, smiled mockingly, and turned quickly away. Just as quickly, captain planted himself firmly in front of the irresistible Maguayan. I did not mean to annoy you, he said humbly, but there are just the two of us in this vast expanse. It would be a pity if we never met. 
I would like to offer you my services. Upon hearing these gentle words, Maguayan could not but return the salutation. Extending a cold hand, she said in a voice of thunder, Who are you that dare hold conversation with me? Do you not know that with my softest breath I can raise waves in the vast ocean that can cause islets to sink? When I am in rage, I can raise foam-laden waves higher than the lofty mountains of earth. There was a moment of silence. Suddenly, a luminous flash of lightning sliced the pyramid, followed by the deafening crack of thunder. Did you see that bolt of light? asked Captain. It is one of my many, many subjects who will, at an order, obey me instantly. Angered at the noise, Magawain said, Leave at once, before you are taken by the sea. Scarcely had Captain retired a few steps when there fell on the seashore a vast wave. Had it not been for his agility, he would have been dragged to the bottom of the ocean. As soon as the big wave receded, Captain was back at the side of the dazzling Manguayan, ready to resume their strange courtship. From her he begged a thousand pardons. It was not his intention to vex the goddess by showing her his subjects. Surprised at the god's agility, Maguayan replied, I myself wanted to know if there was a being who had power equal to mine. By my will alone, I move the sea which capsizes everything on its surface, and when the winds I send forth reach land, they tear up everything in their path, including the largest trees. I have protégés too numerous to enumerate. Said Captain, you asked me who I was. I came to be in the blue of infinite space, engendered, as you were too, no doubt, by the mightiest of forebears. This I, who sent forth those breezes, which cool and fill those heavenly clouds with moisture that eventually falls upon the earth as rain. At my signal sparks fly, zigzagging within thunderbolts, bursting through the air with unimaginable ferocity, tearing up rocks, killing animals scorching trees and deafening all. Without me, the trees, the shrubs, and herbs which give life to the world would not be. And when I shake the feathers which protect my body, I produce disastrous whirlwinds which overrun powerful objects in their path, including those on the watery surface. Without me, those birds with brilliant plumage who fly through the air would have no gladness. All these powers I am offering you, as well as my heart and whole being. After these words, Captain and Maguayan clasp hands and submerge themselves in the sea. And it is believed that since the genies of the air, the land, and the sea were united forever. This is not the end of the story, for the idol produced a bamboo plant in the middle of the ocean from which eventually emerged the first man and woman, from Jose Maria Pavon. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Binoy Straliano. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, please feel free to echo this podcast, um, share it amongst friends, recommend it to uh, any other Filipinos or Filipino Australians or Filipino Americans or whatever kind of Filipinos you may know out there as a it's not really an intention of mine to have the most numerous amount of followers but more so to open up conversation with Filipinos in today's day and age 
Thank you so much for listening again. We hope you tune in to the next episode of Bino Australiano coming soon. Thank you. Magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. You're tuned into Pinoy Staliano. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been about ilan linggo na? About two weeks, I think. Maybe one week since I've last uh, created any episodes. Um, we've been very, very, very busy last weekend. Um, there was a community jam and I was the DJ for that. Prior to that, I'd released two mixes for Boogie Sao Sao. And uh, this week, I'd um, also uh, pretty much finished. It might require some uh, editing here and there, but uh, another one of Backseat Ballads X Boogie Sao Sao Fixer. Uh, Fika Mixer. Um, yeah, be sure to check them out. I'll mention them coming up real soon. Stay tuned. So I was um, at a uh, farewell party yesterday, and there's another one this evening too. But um, yesterday's one was uh, f- uh, for my cousin, who's uh, just received a scholarship um, on the east coast of the United States. Uh, and you know he's uh, 18, and uh, it was a bit sad because uh, he's leaving his girlfriend here. When I arrived, she looked like she was crying, you know. And uh, you know, it's just like, oh, poor thing. Are you gonna go into a long-distance relationship? It's your first boyfriend. Um, but that, besides the point, um, the the party was held in the park, and um, it was, uh, I guess, typically. Um, barbecue style party um, <laughs> unfortunately the um, the public barbecues were not working properly so thank God um, our cousin Justin from Sydney who's in town at the moment had already pre-cooked everything and all we had to do was warm them up but because they arrived fresh and people were still and people had also arrived pretty, we pretty much just had to take it out of the the foil trays and and just start eating Um, but what was interesting is like the I think the age group there were between 18, maybe even 15. Yeah, actually, if you count my youngest cousins, it's it 15, all the way up to maybe 23, the eldest for their group. And then you had you know the extras, as my cousin Maddie would say, the extras. You're such an extra queer. <laughs> um, yeah, who were above. You know, we're late twenties, I'm in my thirties, and Peter Butch is in his fifties, I believe. Anyway, there's a lot of um, uh, interesting conversation happening between us. But I'd like to point out first that, um, you know, I guess it's part of uh, being Australian. It's like a common thing to do. You know, I'm sure it is all around the world too. But when you go for a barbecue, you have barbecue, like sausage and you know hamburgers. With all the bread and the you know rolls, with all the different salads and you know sauces and then chips, and coke. But I was thinking, if this was like twenty, <coughs> thirty years ago, when I was a little kid, and my parents 
and their barcada, their friends, would hold a barbecue. There would be inihaule. That's that'd be that. That's a definite because I don't remember eating sausages as a kid. They were hot dogs, so it wasn't like the sausages we have now. You know, that sort of very savoury tasting brown hot dogs. Yeah, that's, that's what we have in Australia. Sausages, a snag, as we would call it. Um, but as a kid, it would have been like inihau babue or barbecue pork with a marinade, and then there'd be chicken wings. Then there might be lamb, you know, lamb chops. Um, there must definitely be rice, and um, you know, someone probably would have brought a thermos of kape, uh, <laughs> probably nescape, <laughs> blend forty three bayon or five. I always forget. But yeah, you know, I thought that was quite an interesting thing. Um, and I was wondering whether or not kids actually, these kids, this generation has been exposed to that kind of barbecue, you know. And 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 I, I briefly spoke to my uncle about it, which will come up in the next episode, but uh, or segment, is 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 the idea that uh, you know, due to modern day culture, um, there's this homogeny happening, this homogenization of cultures that um, removes us or takes away the multiculturalism that makes us unique. Have a think about that one. Uh, we won't go into detail right now, we'll, we'll mention that in, in the next uh, section, segment. Uh, but yeah, you know, I still it was, a, it was a good time, the kids were kicking the football around and playing basketball and, and you know, everyone was listening to the latest music, it was fun. So um, a little later on in the evening I went to um, my cousin's house and uh, there was still a few of the kids kicking on, you know, I went there to visit my auntie you know, and uh, my other cousin from um, Sydney. And, uh, you know, I got on the guitar and, and then my cousin and I were, you know, having some whiskey and, you know, we were doing <laughs> like our own little version of Anidulman, you know, singing along and, and drinking and having some pulutan, but the, the pulutan was, <laughs> was chips. <laughs> it was, it was potato chips, it was uh, crisps, it was, you know, junk food. I was like, damn, you know, it would have been good if we had like some kiloen, you know, kinilao, whatever you want to call it, ceviche, and you know, even some um, you know, pig's ears and soka and sili and raw onion. You know. Just, you know, like the, uh, the stuff that our, our uncles and, you know, you know minos and lolos and dads used to eat at parties while drinking, you know, chibas. <laughs> Chibas and mixing it with coke. Um, and then I decided, you know, in my tipsy state, that I would go and make a, uh, a coffee. It was already 10 pm. My, my younger cousins were there with one of their friends. Um, they were 15. And um, my cousin Maddie, who likes to call me an extra, she goes, Hey, Koya, why don't you try and speak Tagalog? Or Tagalog. <laughs> She knows it's not how you say it, but as a joke, she, she says it with an Australian accent. Instead of Tagalog, she says Tagalog. <laughs> and 
And I said, what, what do I spit the gum for? She goes, yeah, no, because my friend thinks you're Aussie as. I go, what do you mean? Like, she goes, your accent is really Aussie. I said, no, this is how I normally talk. She goes, yeah, you sound Aussie. And then, yeah, I said something stupid like, are you all You know, like, uh, I'm on the spot now, so it's hard for, for it to come out freely. You know, I'm a bit uh, apprehensive about not sounding <laughs> like I can, I can speak the gun, which I can't, but anyway. So, so yeah, this, 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 uh, her friend looked at me like, oh, actually, he can, he can speak a little bit of Tagalog. And I didn't bother asking her if she could speak Tagalog, but actually, she's, um, she's Bisaya. I don't know if she's Cebuano. Is that the same thing, Bisaya, Cebuano, and it's in the region? No, I think she's from Dabao, where uh, Duterte is from. But, yeah, you know, she's got no family here, no relatives. As in, I mean, she doesn't have any extended family. She just has her mom and a younger brother. Um, so she can't speak Tagalog, she can only speak Bisaya. And um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because this, this young um, girl was, what, 15 years old? Yeah, and um, you know, so she obviously speaks Bisaya at home, which is a good thing. I think that discipline doesn't quite extend out to um, a lot of uh, Australian, uh, sorry, Filipino Australians um, because the, I don't know why, it, it seems to be a thing. Um, there's no um, there's no discipline or it's not even a thought and thought of as an important thing for um, parents to, to, to uh, you know make sure that their kids learn the mother tongue yeah. I'm a result of one of, I'm a result of that you know, I've had to teach myself being amongst you know like Forgive me for using the words uh, proper Filipinos. <laughs> yeah, at least I tried, and it's a, it's still an ongoing journey. Yeah, but I thought that was a, an interesting thing, um, and it's also got to do with this idea of you know homogenized modern culture. And I was saying to Tito Butch um, that you know once you graduate and you go into the workforce, if you've don't have much to talk about or you know much understanding of your um, your background then unfortunately you're just a handicapped brown Australian think about that I'll be signing out for this particular section segment um, stay tuned we'll talk about Tito Butch and his many fun facts <laughs>